that this servant of Hashem, the Eved Elohim, who um, works so hard in doing the right thing, um, doesn't doesn't have a hard time with each individual um, decision he makes during the day. It, it's easier for him to make good decisions because he is um, has given himself away to be his master to, to his master because he's given himself away to Hashem. So it's not like he he's he's battling over should I say lashon hara should not say lashon hara should I daven longer should I not daven longer. Because he belongs to the Ebishto, because because there is an inner devotion to Hashem that he's achieved, there's not there's not a, a constant struggle. There, there, there is a um, consistent direction he's going. Uh, let's continue now in the um, next paragraph. And this is the reason why he is called a servant of Elikim. A, he has a great yoke upon his shoulders, and as we mentioned before, Elikim is the name of Hashem, which indicates concealment. That means he's dealing with a challenge, and he has this. This has this uh, burden upon his shoulders. A servant of Hashem is someone whose service is beyond his nature and beyond his habits. For example, I was going to many examples of where we see this idea of going beyond yourself. For example, in the study of Torah, if someone accepts upon themselves to study one chapter every day, and that's their nature, that's their habit, they love to learn, that's not considered a service at all. There's no yoke there. But when you beyond your nature and beyond your habit, with this tremendous effort, until you're like giving up your soul to do this, as it says in the Torah, a person who will die in the tent. And the Talmud explains what tent is it referring to. He kills himself. The Torah doesn't mean, of course, literally he kills himself. It means that he, he really puts himself into it and he doesn't he doesn't give up. That's the meaning of what Gemara refers to as the work of Torah. That he, he exerts himself beyond his nature. That's the meaning also of the term the Gemara uses, the yoke of Torah. He learns and he goes beyond his nature. And this is the, the meaning of the Pasuk, which says you should come and see the difference between a tzaddik and a rasha, and someone who serves Hashem and someone who does not serve Hashem. It sounds like, just like there's an obvious difference between someone who um, is a tzaddik and a rasha, so too there's a difference between someone who serves Hashem and someone who does not serve Hashem. It, it would seem someone who does not serve Hashem on the surface is someone who is like the rasha. You know, he doesn't, if there's a guy who's serving Hashem, the guy is not serving Hashem. But as Alter explains in chapter 15 in Tanya, the difference between them is not just um, one is doing the right thing, one's not doing the right thing, rather it's how much they're exerting themselves. The servant of Hashem is someone who exerts himself beyond his nature. The someone who's not the one who does not serve Hashem is not someone who's not is not keeping the laws of the Torah. He's doing everything right. He could be a bainin, could be an absolute bainin, doing everything right all his entire life, and yet he's not considered a servant of Hashem because a servant of Hashem is the one who goes beyond his, beyond his nature. You can compare someone who studies his lesson one hundred times. Versus someone who studies it 101 times. Since the time of the Gemara, the custom was to review your, your Talmud 100 times. 
So if you did it 100 times, you're just showing up like everybody else. When you did it 101 times, you reviewed what you learned 101 times, then you were, that 101st time, it's that 101st time that you go beyond your nature, and that's what makes you to be in the category of the servant of Hashem. That's what is expression of the yoke of Torah upon your shoulders. In the first hundred times, although you're working really hard, yet you're not called a servant of Hashem. Why? That's what you want to do. You want to, you're diligent, you like studying it a hundred times. That's your nature. But in that one time, that is beyond your nature, it's very much against your desire. And it's so hard for you that one time. That is, that is the meaning of being a servant of Hashem, that's the yoke. This guy told me, I think his name was, I don't know, I remember his last name. He told me he went to the Rebbe and he was waiting outside the Rebbe's room uh, for quite some time, a little kid, and his father told him, say till So he's saying till And he never said so much till in his life. Because <laughs> they waited for a long time. You know, the audience of the Rebbe usually was, was not on time. Uh, he usually waited and waited and waited. So, so he waited for such a long time that at his age, I don't remember exactly who it was, it was way beyond his nature to do the matter of Tilm he did. He did 11 chapters of Tilm. He came in the Yechidus at the clear blue sky that gave him a, a dime and a penny. Mm. 11 cents. So he oh. felt that was like, you know, in recognition for his, uh, for his Tilm. He didn't say anything, you know, just, but that's, that, that, that 101st time is is what separates the men from the boys. That's that. That's what makes you in the category of a servant of Hashem. There's the expression of the previous Rebbe, I don't know if this is so relevant here, but maybe it is. The previous Rebbe says, if somebody who has no connection to Mesir Nefesh, no connection to, go, to, to giving, giving your all to serve Hashem, has no connection to Judaism. Whereas what make what, what Judaism is about about this? That's mysterious enough Judaism about that. You're you're you're. Like Deborah said once, the essence of a Jew is mysterious nefesh and shuvah. It's not just that you did it one more time and now you, now you achieved a higher level in service of Hashem and now you're a black belt. It, it, it's also indicative of 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 uh, of your neshama being expressed. It's, there's an expression of soul here. Till till you go the hundred first time, it's 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 your nature. It's it's your body. It's your animal soul. Where do you see soul? You see soul. In the hundred first time, so too is this true regarding other mitzvahs. For example, mitzvah for someone who is naturally a miserly, and he does something beyond his nature, beyond his will. His money is more precious to him than his life and his body. He loves his money, and he'd rather. As I can tell in the Mishnah Brachas, there are some people that love their money more than their lives, some people love their lives more than their money. Your money or your life? One sec, give me a second, let me figure this out. Okay, so so this guy, he loves his money more than... I my life, I need my money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so this guy cares about his money more. He doesn't, he doesn't put out his own family's expenses Unless it's very, very, you know, it's it's he limits it very much, just to the bare, bare min, minimum. 
However, when it comes to mitzvah tzedaka, to give life to the poor, he, he could give a lot more than his nature. This is because of the yoke of heaven upon him. This is because the yoke of Hashem upon him, that he's able to nullify his nature, and uh, he's able to take what he worked for, and and he worked hard for it, to get that, and to give that away to, the, to this poor person. Just do the will of Hashem, because he's, he's, he, is, he, he does not want to rebel against Hashem. He must, and he feels the reverence for Hashem. However, if he only gives according to the generosity of his heart and not more, that's not called a servant of Hashem. There's no yoke there going beyond and nullifying his nature, nullifying his, his habits. So too is this true regarding all character traits that he holds himself back, he controls his, his feelings against his will, because of the yoke of heaven upon him. For example, someone who controls himself not to, get, not to go into a, into, a, into a rage, and not to take vengeance, and not to uh, bear a grudge against someone else. You know this? You're not allowed to think bad about someone. You're not allowed to say Allah say You're not allowed to think is worse. So he does not allow himself to think bad about the person. Yeah. Don't curse a, a, a deaf person. Yeah, what does it mean? Really, you want to pack his thing the guy did something really, really wrong to you. Don't even think it. Why? Because Hashem can hear you. He can't hear you. Because it says, I'm not saying you. person needs to go to process something. Yeah, you should process it with his spiritual mentor if he needs to process something. But but uh, but that doesn't. But but just thinking of, very often, very often, the best way of processing things is, is not thinking about them. Very often, not saying always, mm-hmm. but uh, when you That's think. To say, don't think. Of. If he controls his temper, it's smarter than you who conquers the city or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it says if, if if you go against your nature, forgive him for yeah. your sins. Someone who insults you, you don't insult them back. You forgive him for your avidus. But um, there's a letter that I write to someone. May Hashem help you. You shouldn't think how this person treated you. That's just the fact that you don't think about a person, how a person treats you, sometimes is the most therapeutic thing for you. Okay. But strictly speaking, just like there's a mitzvah not to say Lashon Hara, there's a mitzvah not to think Lashon Hara, and this guy wants to you know, delve into this whole thing and to victimize himself, whatever, whatever it is motivating him, and he doesn't do it. Or to get back at him. Not to speak Lashon Hara, not to speak... Um, rechilus. Rechilus means just to say things that are um, repeating someone's conversation, repeating some, what someone did, even though it's not a bad thing. Just stam, just just uh, shooting the breeze and, and repeating a, a, a conversation is called uh, called called rechilus. You don't you don't permission to share what someone told you. It's it's called uh, tailbearing, even though it's not bad. 
It's already in that category. And not to be involved. Oh, what's machte? And not to be involved in uh, in scoffing and and making and it's just dry, dry humor. It says in Chassidus that dry humor can easily uh, dry up your soul. So uh, so this guy is 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 uh, is careful not to indulge in all these kinds of things. And the reason he's able to be so successful in doing all these things, um, even though his nature is to speak about people and to talk about people and, to, and scoff. This is because of the yoke of Hashem upon him. Because of this yoke of, upon Hashem, uh, yoke of Hashem upon him, he's able to go beyond and against his nature. And so too with all their um, desires that he has. By the way, the coffee is also kosher today. You know, right? Yes. Okay. Make sure, make sure you, you, you knew that. So all kinds of t- all kinds of pleasures that he has, whether it's a pleasure for food, a, his, his, his pleasure for money, pleasure for art, for, for glory, his pleasure for being right, is whatever the pleasure may be, even though it's not forbidden, he is able to hold himself back and hold and go beyond his nature. And even though it may not be something which is strictly forbidden, he is still able to, in other words, not, it's not just that Shem gives us the power to do um, the right thing in the sense of um, um, Breaking our nature to uh, not go against one of the 365 negative commandments. Hashem also empowers us to go beyond our nature, even when it's not exactly a official uh, prohibition. Um, to um, to change the, to change your character, to make your character correct. Like for example, as I just mentioned, to hear someone disgrace you and to curse you, and not to answer back. That 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 takes a lot of uh, that takes a lot of effort. And where does that come from? How is he able to achieve this? It's just because he's accepted the yoke of Hashem upon him. It's there. There's something there in him. And um, uh, so therefore, when it comes up to say the wrong thing, to think the wrong thing, um, what, whatever his nature is, even though he's, his nature is to like scoff and joke at people, whatever, he can make himself to be that, that, um, uh, that that serious guy who doesn't like 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 to speak. He, he put himself into that into that into that uh, zone, um, and this is all because again because he has uh, achieved this um, this change in himself where he is the servant of Hashem that he has accepted upon himself the yoke of Hashem. Um, the Bible goes on to say that there are two different kinds of pleasure that Hashem has. This is based upon a, uh, a verse. In um, Parshas uh, told us, where uh, Yitzchak asks um, Esav to make him delicacies, uh, or uh, Rachel, uh, Rachel, I don't know what the similar translation is, but I know the Zayar's translation. Zayar's translation is that Yitzchak means, and Hashem asked the Jewish people to make him delicacies, and it says delicacies in the plural. What are the delicacies Hashem wants? So, what, there are two kinds of delicacies. There is a delicacy of something which is naturally a sweet and delicious food, and there's something which is sharp and it's unedible, and yet it's if it's seasoned uh, the right way, it's 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 even a greater delicacy. In a similar way, there are two kinds of souls. There are souls which are naturally pure and holy and sweet, tzaddikim, children, and then there are souls which which uh, have a much harder time. So it says in uh, Tanya that Hashem has a much greater pleasure. There are two kinds of pleasure Hashem has. There's a pleasure Hashem has from the tzaddikim, from their pure service of Hashem, without any 
know, without any inhibitions, without any restrictions, without just a pure love to doing the right thing. And there is a unique pleasure Hashem has in our uh, in the efforts that we make to go against our nature. Although there's we're dealing with something which is ugly and something which is which which is ichi, and you think like that can't possibly be something that that the, that is part of the uh, of God's plan. But the truth is, is that Alter uses these words in Tanya, these four words that uh, are unique to the Jewish discipline. <laughs> the Alter Rebbe says, a person may say, I'll never win. I'm going to have this Yitzhahara my whole life. The Alter Rebbe says, three words, maybe that's why you were born. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were born to always battle. And never win. Why? Because Abishra has pleasure from from the the victory in the, in the battle, you overcame your urge to do the wrong thing, even though you never transform your evil inclination, you never become a different person. Uh, although we're talking about this guy in the, in, that, that he has taken the yoke upon him, of Hashem upon him, doesn't mean his palate has changed. doesn't mean his nature has changed. He still wants to do things he shouldn't do, and he still has natures do the opposite. But but he, he pushes himself, and he's able to push himself because of this yoke. But... His power hasn't changed. And the reason Hashem gives him all these kinds of thoughts is because he has a different role to play. In other words, it's not, some people think, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, reach a certain level of service of Hashem, and then I won't be challenged by those things. Maybe. Maybe not. Most uh, likely not. <laughs> it, just, it, it just changes. Your resistance changes. It's like exercises. You know, you do, you do exercise. The first day you do five push-ups. Or if your arms hurt, everything hurts. Can continue doing it for a month? It's not relevant. I think the same thing applies to to our work. You know, you achieve, you you get to a certain level, and the level changes. Okay, so so taking that down the road, going further on that, on that point, it, it, it says in Tanya in that, in that same chapter twenty-seven that I was quoting before the Rebbe quotes here. The um, it says in Tanya that it says in the pasuk, "You shall be holy, and you will be holy." Altebis says, what does that pasuk mean? You shall be holy, you will be holy. He says, even though you're not holy, and you're not interested, if you make yourself holy, and you do what Hashem wants you to do anyways, against your will, so Hashem will sanctify you. What does it mean, Hashem will sanctify you? Hashem will give you tremendous assistance to do the right thing. So things will be a lot a lot, a lot easier because Hashem's assistance. So it's not like you're going to be necessarily hard-knuckling in the same way you were before, the other things are not good, but but the, the point is though that your Hashem made you with this desire and with and with these with this confusion and and uh, with this attraction to the wrong thing. That that's part of that's, that's part of your soul's mission. That's why Hashem created that in you. Otherwise, why it's not something that you created; it's something that God created. And that's, <coughs> but it's not meant that, that, you're, that you're supposed to indulge in those things you're attracted to. It's it's because Hashem has a unique pleasure. In the language of the author of there in Tanya, he quotes another verse. Uh, God created everything for his sake, including a wicked man on his day of evil. So the author says, why does God create a wicked man on his day of evil? Why does God create a person to have to make mistakes? So the reason is, in order that a person should create a day out of evil, to create light out of darkness, to, to be able to, uh, to uh, do the right thing. To learn Torah and do mitzvahs and give tzedakah, even though it's not in your nature, no, it's not something you want to do. There's something unique about the pleasure Hashem has from the from the from the ugly urges that we have in doing the right thing. And that's the meaning of um, of a servant of Hashem, going beyond 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 our, uh, our nature. And uh, and this 
uh, will help us understand the the verse that we began this discourse with, and now we're going to conclude it. Um, I'm just going to read this briefly outside. According to this, we can, in the last paragraph, according yeah. to this, we can understand the... the summarize the... Yeah. The um, there's, it says that Reuben and God had a lot of cattle, and they wanted to have... They asked Moshe Rabbeinu to give them a different a section of Israel than everybody else. They wanted to be across the uh, Jordan. So what was behind this? It says that Yosef was different than all other tribes. All other tribes were shepherds. They wanted to, to be specifically shepherds because they didn't want to be disturbed by the world. They wanted to just be chariots to God's will and, uh, and, 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 and just be connected, you know, be shepherds. The sheep don't bother them, they don't bother the sheep. You know, they're just, just uh, attached to God's, God's words. Yosef was unique. Yosef was the first Jewish CPA, and the, he was the uh, second in command of the king, and he was involved in all kinds of things. In fact, the Gemara says that uh, uh, he really was um, enveloped with all kinds of all day with all kinds of things that that, that he had to take care of. And then, uh, although he is the king of Egypt, all these things upon him. Nevertheless, because he was a soul of Atzilus. His soul was from a higher realm, so nothing that didn't stop him, didn't prevent him from doing the right thing. Even while he was involved with the world, he was able to still be a, a chariot to God. All the other tribes, they couldn't do that. They, they, they were either, you know, either were going to be involved in the world, or were going to be a shepherds. They, 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 the reason for that is because their souls were from a lower level. Since their souls were from a lower level, they couldn't, at the same time, be involved in the world, and yet be a chariot to God's will. They couldn't do it. And therefore, they chose to uh, be... Uh, shepherds. And this is also the story of, of Reuben and God. They were also a lower level of the service of Hashem. They were what we were called before, not the children of Hashem, the higher level, the souls of Atsilas. Rather, they were on the category of servants of Hashem, of Biyah, the lower souls. And because they are lower kinds of souls, therefore they wanted to be shepherds. And so therefore they, they had all this cattle, and they all these sheep, and they wanted to be across the Jordan, What's the idea of being across the Jordan? The word land in Hebrew is related to the word desire. Desire to be close to Hashem. Where does this desire come from? This desire comes from understanding the, the, the exaltedness and the wondrousness of Hashem. And uh, these, the, the higher souls experience this kind of yearning. They experience this kind of amazing uh, attachment and and the souls which are called the faithful servant, the souls which are called children, that we learned about earlier, the higher souls of Atsilas. But the lower kinds of souls, the simple servant souls, the ones who have to deal with the animal soul, which is another, that's the meaning of a lot of cattle, souls which have to deal with a lot of cattle, that have to deal with their own, um, it means two things. Um, souls of a lot of cattle mean souls which have an animal, which, which their animal soul is, takes a, a, a uh, center stage in their lives. And souls, souls with cattle also mean, it says in, in, in Torah Or, in Pashat Meshpat, and Altar says there are two kinds of souls. There are souls which are called man-like souls, and souls which are called uh, animal-like souls. Just like the difference between man and animals, that man has intelligence, so too spiritually, there are souls which are, are so sensitive to godliness, to Hashem's truth, that they feel it. Like a human being could sense things that an animal can't. 
compared to those souls, we are like, uh, we're a little like animals. Regular souls are literally like animals compared to the souls of Sadiq. We, we, we feel the physical. The spiritual is, 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 is you know, it's, 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 it's so the, that's why it says that about God and Ruben, they had lots of cattle. First of all, their souls were cattle-like. They were an animal level of souls. And second of all, their focus was dealing with their own struggles with the animal soul. And that's why they wanted to be across the Jordan. It says in the Talmud that there are ten levels of holiness. Israel is holier than all other lands. And then it says, in Israel itself, the, the, the section across the Jordan, meaning the other side of the Jordan, not where the children of God and Reuben wanted to be, but the section of Canaan is holier than the part across the Jordan. So although it's still part of Israel, nevertheless, the other side is holier. That means the other side, the side where the temple is, the side where most of Israel is, that's the side of, of desire. That's the side with the, of, of the souls which experience this great yearning for godliness. That's the, that's the uh, other kinds of souls, a high level of souls, the Yosef kind of souls. The Yosef level of souls, they're, they, um, they, they are uh, uh, able to be involved in the physical world and yet still be in the state of rapture with godliness. However, the other side of the Jordan, that's those, that's a place which is relevant to the souls which are not at that level. They don't experience that revelation. So Maisha Rabbeinu, what did Maisha tell those souls? They said, Maisha Rabbeinu, give us a section across the Jordan. We want to be shepherds. We don't want to get involved in the physical. We're not the same caliber of, uh, as the other souls. Let us be shepherds. Let's stay away from the world. So what did Maisha tell them? Tell them? Maisha said to them, I want you guys to be in, in the army. I want you to conquer the land of Israel first, and then you can come back here. What is Maisha been telling them? Oh, okay. It's already seven o'clock. Let me try to do this quite quickly. Um, Maisha bin was telling them that you, <coughs> Maisha bin wanted to achieve that even those lower level of souls should also experience this uh, this connection to Hashem in, as 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 the souls which are man-like souls. He wanted them to achieve that higher level. That's why it says in the Torah, "I will give grass to your animal in the field." Maisha was saying, "I want to give those souls which are lo- of a lower level." They should also experience grass. Don't think anything, uh, Adam and Azra. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a higher level of experience of, of Hashem's truth. So he said, go out to war with your animal soul until you will, <coughs> until you will go before Hashem and conquer the land. <coughs> Which, in short, means that you will be able to... Um, um, you'll be able to reach a higher level by refining the animal soul. Even though this land isn't as holy, but by going out to war with your animal soul, you will actually achieve a higher level. As I said before, there's two kinds of pleasure Hashem has. Although this land is not as officially as holy, but yet, if you will go before Hashem, which before Hashem means you go to the inner dimension of godliness. Before in Hebrew, we like the word inside. So anyways, by going out to war with your animal soul, Meshach is telling them you're not, you're not less than them. On the contrary, although this land is not as holy, it's lower, but you're able to reach, on the contrary, an even higher level, the light that comes from darkness. Go stop here. Thank you.